Welcome to another Tuesday morning with Justin. I'm Justin Futrell, Benefit Advisor at True North Companies. I love helping people, especially leaders, elevate the investment they're making in their people. And no one does that better than our guest today, Dr. Paul White, a psychologist, author, and speaker who makes relationships work. He's written articles for and been interviewed by BBC News, Business Week, CNN, Fox News, Entrepreneur, Fast Company, Fortune, Fox Business, The New York Times, U.S. News, and World Report, Washington Post, and Yahoo Finance. (sighs) Need a big breath after that one. As a speaker and trainer, Dr. White has taught around the world, including North America, Europe, South America, Asia, and the Caribbean. His expertise has been requested by PepsiCo, Microsoft, NASA, L'Oreal, Ritz-Carlton, Starbucks, Boeing, HP, ExxonMobil, DirecTV, and wow, now that I think about it, about half of those companies have reached out in the last week or two to do advertisements here on this podcast. But don't worry, listeners. I told them, no, not yet. We're staying ad-free as long as... <laughs> As long as possible. (laughs) Dr. White is the co-author of the best-selling The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, which has sold over 500,000 copies, written with Dr. Gary Chapman, who I'm sure you've heard of him, the author of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages, which has been translated into 25 languages. Based on their extensive research and expertise, Dr. White and Dr. Chapman have developed practical ways for leaders and employees to communicate authentic appreciation that leads to increased employee engagement, lower staff turnover, more positive work environments, and higher profitability. I'm going to be giving away five of these books, so if you're interested, just reach out and ask. I'll put your name in the hat. Last thing here, they have an online assessment, the Motivating by Appreciation Inventory. It's been taken by over 325,000 employees worldwide, and we've done it at True North. It is critical. It's amazing how much progress we can make with specific data. Let's just jump in. I want to preface the conversation, Paul, with a conversation I had with a friend recently in preparation for this meeting. And I asked, Hey, what does appreciation in the workplace mean to you? And I was really surprised. Uh, One of my friends, a talented young woman, uh, late twenties or early thirties. And she said, Justin, I used to be nervous that I would get a job and have a job, but now I know that everyone's hiring. And so when I think about your question, I think, if, if my company doesn't take care of me and, and show me that I'm part of the team, then I don't want to work for them. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of other companies who I know will. So I'm curious, what are your initial thoughts there? Well, I, I think that is, you know, a major theme that has become even a bigger theme. I mean, for 10 years or more, you know, we've been uh, working with companies and organizations, schools, hospitals, all different kinds of 
places to help them create a more positive workplace uh, and culture through authentic appreciation. And there's good research that shows that uh, people, when they leave, uh, don't leave for more money. Most most business leaders and managers think they leave for more money. The people might get more money, but actually they leave because they don't feel valued and appreciated because leaving is takes a lot of emotional energy. I mean, to disengage and then look and find a new place. And so it takes an emotional driver. And it's when they don't feel like anybody cares or notices them as a person beyond production, uh, then people uh, are sort of on the trading block and looking around. And that's become more the case. In fact, there was a study that came out earlier this year, put out by MIT, that through the great resignation uh, that we've gone through, that the people that left cited cultural issues within the workplace as being uh, a greater factor by 10 times than benefits and compensation. And that, that's not 10 percentage points. More. It's 10 times more frequently mentioned that it was workplace culture, which is amazing to me. So it, it's something leaders need to pay attention to. Wow. 10 times more. That's, that's significant. I, I want to ask you a question. Paul, as I I think about the need for leadership to show appreciation, I can't help but think back to all the learning I've done from the five languages of appreciation in the workplace book and the fact that leaders are not the only ones responsible. And I'd say that's a big misconception. It's the whole team is a part of showing value to each other. Can you hit on that? Yeah, you know, there are several misconceptions that leaders have. It's, you know, sort of part of workplace culture. But one of them is that they feel like they own all the responsibility to communicate appreciation and encouragement, which is not true. And it also doesn't work well. I mean, when we, Dr. Chapman and I first started out uh, working with companies and organizations, we sort of focused on the managers and supervisors. But pretty quickly, we got feedback that people wanted to know how to encourage and support one another and that they valued, uh, you know, appreciation from their team members as well as their supervisor. So we really focus on both. It's not like the supervisors or managers don't do anything, but it's too much weight for them to carry themselves. And so that resulted in our sort of training process that we trained the whole team of how to communicate appreciation to one another um, and, and learn, you know, what's meaningful to each other. And so it, it's a huge piece and, and it, it really obviously reduces resistance because <laughs> everybody's busy. Right. And I tell leaders, I say, I'm not here to create another to do list for you because you've already got at least two, you know, your regular one and then projects and probably some others. And so we figured out a way to teach people how to communicate appreciation uh, in the ways that they're already trying or almost doing and just tweak it a little bit to make it more effective. Right. And I want to, I want to get the other misconceptions, but while we're on this one, um, one thing that sticks out to me is that genuine aspect, right? The authentic aspect of showing appreciation and to your point on the whole team being a part of it. What, what stands out to me is that, the immediate team members, my colleagues who are working on that project with me directly, they're going to know and understand what exactly I've done, probably more so than someone at that leadership position, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you're having a bad day, who knows it first? I mean, besides you, it's the people that are you're working right around and your manager or supervisor may or may not ever find out that it's a bad day or just it's it's late. So it gives people the opportunity to, to encourage one another sort of in the moment. And the other thing is there's a cultural shift. I mean, in the old days, I'm a boomer, you know, in the old days, uh, there was a saying, people don't leave a job, they leave a manager. And that's less true than it used to be. Uh, now, younger uh, generations of employees, they they value collegial relationships as much, if not more, than with their supervisor. So it's really important to sort of include all of that. And and like you said, I mean, it's it's about being authentic. We, we just overtly say, you know, I'm not here to try to teach you how to look like you appreciate somebody or go through the motions. And there are always challenges and we, we can deal with that. If there's somebody you don't know how to appreciate or don't appreciate, um, we can work through that. But we don't want people to try to fake it because it that just doesn't go well. Right. OK, I, I promise we'll get back to the misconceptions, but you hit something I wanted to ask. So while we're there, let's hit it. One of the things I, I've had the opportunity to facilitate over a dozen workshops and one of the biggest questions I get as a challenge is, how do I genuinely give appreciation if I feel like they don't deserve it? How would you respond to that? Yeah, well, it's, it's a valid question because there are people that uh, either aren't performing like they should or there's other characteristics that make them tough to, to uh, you know, value and appreciate. And, and that's where I think, you know, some of our success lies is that we really focus on the person and that we believe every employee, every team member is, is a person and we all have value at some level. And we may not be the greatest performer or we may be still learning and, and learning certain habits, but sometimes what we value about somebody and can appreciate about them is not work related. I mean, as far as performance. So, for example, I like to work with cheerful people more than grumpy people, you know. And so I can say, hey, you know, Jeannie, I just love your laugh. You, you got a great sense of humor. I just enjoy being around you. Light up the room. And so, you know, that's communicating some value and appreciation for who she is. Similarly, it can be things that are outside of work, like let's say somebody's, uh, you know, you're in Denver, if uh, somebody's training for a, uh, a bike race, a mountain bike race, you know, and I can say, wow, that's cool that you've got the discipline to do that. You know, I, I'm really impressed with that. Or you've got somebody that's maybe a single mom who has kids and, and you say, I don't know, Monica, man, I'm just impressed with how committed you are to your kids and you love them and you're just there for them. And it's about her and, and you can value and appreciate that. She may still have some, at a different point, you may have to say, I'd still like you to get here on time, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so you deal with that, but uh, there's ways to, to show that you value and appreciate somebody uh, even when they're not maybe performing in all the ways that you'd like. Right. And I'm hearing you say to think about who the person is as a person. Can we praise their personality? Can we praise a characteristic about them? So thank you for that. Um, what other misconceptions do you often learn that, that managers have? Well, the first one is when, when business leaders, managers uh, hear the word appreciation. And a lot of times their first thought goes to employee recognition say, oh, we have an employee recognition program, which is fine and true about you know 90 plus percent of all companies and organizations in the U.S. do. 
it could be as small as sending somebody an automatic email when, uh, you know, it's their birthday. So it might not be much, but we really believe that authentic appreciation is different than recognition. And one of the differences is that recognition is sort of organizationally based. I mean, it's top down. It's either by the management or supervisor or HR department, and it's about performance. And that's fine. That's good. When it's designed well and implemented consistently, it works to help improve uh, seeing behaviors that you want to see more often. But we believe that uh, appreciation uh, fills the gaps because research shows that only about the top 10 or 15% of uh, employees really are recognized for performance. And it's sort of the same you know, key team leaders, they're the stars, you know, and that leaves a big 50 to 60% in the middle that are good people. They're showing up, they're doing their work, but they're not hearing anything. And if, if you don't get past that, just pure employee recognition program, um, you may lose them because they don't, they don't hear any support uh, or encouragement at all. So that's one. Go, Go ahead. Yeah. Follow up question there, Paul. If we're only recognizing the top 10 to 15% right now, what's the first step that a leader can take in trying to do a better job of hitting that next segment of people? Well, first, I got to understand the difference between recognition for performance and, uh, and appreciation people. And so, you know, whether that's, you know, reading some of our book or we're looking at a video or an article just to get the concepts right. I think that's, that's important. Um, Cause if you, you know, a lot of leaders are, you know, get things done people. Right. And you hear, I'm like, just I hear an idea before I fully understand, I try to implement it. And that typically doesn't go well if I don't fully understand it. So it's sort of take your time, you know, get a little more information and then and then um, talk to other people, whether it's you or other people that have been engaged in the appreciation process and, and learn that way. So I, I think that's a good first step. Awesome. Thank you. And for listeners, I will be giving out five copies of uh, Dr. Paul White's book. So let me know if you want to be put in the raffle for one of those. What's the next misconception that comes to mind, Paul? Often people hear the word appreciation and they think about words. I mean, because that's largely what we say. Thanks. We give a compliment, that kind of thing. And that's fine. And that's a good start. But we've had over 350,000 people worldwide take our online assessment uh, to identify how people want to be shown appreciation. And one of the key factors we found, I mean, it's sort of obvious, not everybody uh, is appreciated the same way for wants to be shown appreciation the same way. And less than half of employees uh, value words as the main way. Um, and so if you only use words, you're missing uh at least half of your employees and how they really want to be shown appreciation. So, you know, the other languages are quality time, acts of service, tangible gifts, and yes, that fun one to discuss physical touch. But um, so there's that misconception. Um, And the other one that I think is huge uh, to touch on for business leaders is that showing the goal of appreciation is to make people feel good and feel happy. That is a goal. We want people to feel better. That's nice. But the real goal is to help create a more effective functional organization. And it's sort of the image I use is sort of like oil in a machine. I mean, you have a mechanical machine and if it doesn't have any oil, it's that's friction. It creates heat. It gets stuck, sparks, that kind of stuff. It just doesn't flow well. I think appreciation is like that in an organization. It helps things flow well. And we've got 
lots of research. We've got over 50 research citations in uh, the second chapter of our book that shows, and it's by Gallup, Boston Consulting Group, all, all different kinds of people, not, not just me, but uh, that when team members feel valued and appreciated, uh, there's less conflict, usually over stupid little things, uh, that productivity increases, uh, absenteeism goes down, tardiness goes down, turnover goes down, um, employee or I'm sorry, customer rate, ratings go up and actually profitability goes up as well because, um, you know, staff turnover is one of the, the largest non effective costs of a business. If we can reduce that, then, you know, you're getting things done. And so when people feel valued and appreciated, they're able to stay focused on the task at hand, the mission, rather than dealing with all these other kinds of things. And so uh, that's a key one for people to understand. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And not only being able to focus on the task at hand for people who feel appreciated, but also I would say more willing to put in more work to accomplish whatever project or goal they're working on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one research study showed that 87% of employees said, yeah, they'd be they'd be motivated to work harder uh, and longer if they felt valued and appreciated. So it's, you know, I sometimes say psychology, we, we emphasize the obvious. It's sort of a no-brainer, but, you know, it's still helpful to, to point out occasionally. No doubt. And I really like the the oil being like the lubricant to keep everything going analogy. I'm not sure if I took this away from, from your book or if I came up with it on my own. Um, regardless, I, I love this analogy of thinking of someone's um, someone's level of appreciation that they've received as a gas tank, right? Mm-hmm. And I think about it from the terms of we have the the 87 gas or the 85 gas, we have 89, 91, and then we have premium, right? Like the, when you give appreciation to someone, if we're hitting someone's language of appreciation, let's say it's words of affirmation. Well, that's great. It's going to last longer. It's kind of like a premium tank of gas. It's going to last longer than that cheap grade of gas. But at the same time, like you said, with other things, if we're giving a gift card to say, thank you. And someone would rather just spend 10 minutes with us and have a cup of coffee of quality time with their language. That's going to be their premium gas. Right. Right. And, and I think to even expand on that, I, I, I like that analogy. You know, Dr. Chapman talks about uh, in personal relationships, your love language and your love tank about how full it is. But I think you're bringing in the quality issue. And one of the things that we found over time is just knowing a person's uh, preferred appreciation language really isn't sufficient in the workplace because there's lots of different ways to, to communicate affirmation verbally. I mean, you can do it you know, just through a handwritten note, through an email, through talking to somebody in front of the team, whatever. And so our assessment identifies not only the language, but the specific actions and from whom they want those. So like quality time, somebody might really enjoy getting together, watch uh, the Broncos lose again to the Chiefs because uh, I'm a Chiefs fan. Sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> but but they they won't they don't want to invite their supervisor. I mean, they just want to do the colleagues. And so you can choose not only the actions, but from whom you want that way. Uh, everybody on the team knows what you want and they're not doing things that are wasting time and energy that don't make any difference to you. 
Yeah, that's key. And I've, I've done the assessment personally and recommend it to leaders as well who are wanting to get uh, a better grasp for their people. Uh, so we'll put some more information on that in the show notes. Um, on that note, Paul, one thing that comes to mind for me as a ch- another challenge that I hear often is how do I know? What if, what if I don't do that assessment? How do I know if what language someone has. And I, I have a, I have a thought, but I think more importantly, what is your thought? I'd love to hear your thought because we've come up with not much because if you try to ask somebody, you know, if I want to show you appreciation or encourage you, what should I do? It's sort of a weird conversation in our culture. I mean, it's like, I don't know, tell me thanks. That's about what you get, right? So that doesn't really help. If you try to observe people, there's really not that many data points in the workplace as far as seeing people receive or even give appreciation. You're not usually often around. And so that doesn't work well. Um, and so one that sort of gets to it, I mean, I will Two, I'll say one is what they complain about. I mean, if they feel like, you know, nobody ever listens to me or nobody ever, you know, stops by and sees how I'm doing. So if they complain about something, that's a that's probably a window. Um, And the other is that's a little easier conversation is like when you get discouraged, because we encourage we sort of equate appreciation and encouragement, appreciation about the past, encouragements about the present, the future. But when you get discouraged, what encourages you? You know, well, you know, somebody going out with my friends and, you know, um, you know, getting a drink or, or going out to eat or something or, you know, for somebody just to tell me that I'm doing a good job. And so that that can get you there. But again, it, one of the things with the inventory, it it gives you a whole bunch of options so that you're not just stuck on sort of Johnny OneNote kind of uh, thing you have to do. But tell me, what, what have you come up with? Well, I, I love those two things of asking, uh, thinking about what they complain about and two asking them when you get discouraged, what, what brings you up? What brings you energy? Um, the, the best I've found so far that seems to be decent is the fact, uh, j- just taking a moment to give authentic appreciation. So Paul, you did a really awesome job on that project last week. Um, I saw that you put in uh, some extra time and that's extremely meaningful and, and getting the project done. So thank you. And as a token of my appreciation, I just wanted to ask, Hey, could I get you, uh, I saw you like to drink coffee. Can I get you a gift card to your favorite local coffee shop? Or might you want to just get a cup of coffee together? Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. You get, you got three of the languages there. So yeah, words, gifts, time. That's good. Right. But the assessment is no doubt um, a better use of time for everyone. So Paul, I want to ask, as we wrap things up here, are what else do you want to make sure to get across to leadership teams? Because the labor market is so tight. And as we've covered today, appreciation is crucial to a productive, effective work environment. Yeah, well, that's true. And I I guess the one piece of additional piece of information is over the past few years with COVID and, and the pandemic and then remote 
when hybrid workers, I mean, we've done research and published research about what remote workers want and hybrid workers. And I would just say to those uh, employers who have remote or hybrid workers, you better pay attention to them because they're more at risk for leaving than your sort of on-site people. And if you are trying to be a sort of totally virtual setting, you really got to take that seriously because it's really hard to onboard culture uh, virtually. Um, and the work we've done, we were hired by a, one of the top tech firms to, to try to help train appreciation with a virtual international team that had never met each other. And I just think it's really tough. I think people need to have personal connections. Actually, there's some new neuroscience research coming out that face-to-face uh, in-person is different experience than face-to-face -face Zoom. And so while, you know, it gets us somewhat there, it's not the full deal. So uh, just, and, and we created a, a remote version of our inventory that the actions can be done over long distance. So I just, for those people that, you know, work in those settings or relationships, you, you got to pay attention to this because uh, otherwise you will have a revolving door of employees. I, I can guarantee it. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, no doubt the ever-changing workplace environment is, is so important to stay ahead of as best we can. Yeah, that's right. Well, it sounds like you're doing a great job of encouraging leaders and getting this message out, which hopefully they'll, they'll uh, take seriously. I mean, one last study uh, showed that uh, it was 86% of managers uh, felt like the best way to sort of keep people is to um, pay them more, uh, whereas it, it was less than 20% of employees felt like that was the best way. So that's sort of the default mode that a lot of leaders go to, well, we just need to pay more. But we know that more money is a very short-term satisfier, maybe two to three months. After that, the same level of satisfaction or dissatisfaction uh, continues if you don't deal with the workplace culture and relational issues. Intriguing study. Uh, Paul, thanks for all your knowledge and information today. You bet. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a great week, everyone. How about that? I'm curious. What did you learn today? And is there someone that comes to mind that would benefit from also listening to this conversation? If you want to learn more about that assessment tool or even having a workshop for your team, um, I've had the opportunity to become a facilitated trainer of the five languages workshop and have got to do it over a dozen times. It's incredible how even executive leadership teams sometimes just need a little reframe so that they can show how much they really care about people. And a lot of times people just need to take a step back and realize that how they like to receive appreciation isn't necessarily how that other person wants to receive it. Um, anyway, reach out, shoot me a text, email, uh, details in the show notes. And again, I'm giving away five of those books. So reach out if you want one. Have a great week.